0: Welcome to C3 Church, Queens Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. Most Christians were more exciting before they got saved than after they got saved. Before they got saved, they spent a large portion of their time painting the town red after they got saved, they spent the rest of their lives painting the church beige. just pause to say hello to Jason and Em and also their faithful team, Ben and Karen, Nicola and Steve, Joel and Michaela, Matt and Susie, Danielle and Ryan, Derek and Genevieve and my favorite, Cherie, uh, who is just, you know, Mrs. Fabulous and, uh, and also Mrs. The Best is Yet to Come. So I don't know if this is true for you, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. That, uh, that it seems to me uh, like, like I, someone had a testimony. They said, before I got saved, I was wicked and boring. Now I want to thank Jesus. I'm no longer wicked. Yes, but you're still very boring. And you know, you ought to be the most exciting person on planet Earth. When God made the rainbow, he didn't stick the colour beige in it. He stuck iridescent pink, fluorescent purple. He, he put all of the beautiful cadmium red, all of the colours, all of the yellows, but he avoided beige because, because he bans beige. It was made in hell because beige represents everything ordinary, everything average and everything bland. If you want a bland house, paint it magnolia. And I think what God wants to do is he wants you to reconnect with who God created you to be. You were born to be one of the most exciting people on planet Earth. And so I decided to write a book about it. And uh, I called it Rage Against Beige. And uh, and on the right hand side was a whole lot of expressions that I changed every B word for the word beige. Uh, For example, be too big for your beige. Um, uh, Don't be a chip off the old beige. I even invented uh, bands that never made it like Beige Floyd, um, Beige Street Boys, Beige Sabbath, Simply Beige. Macy Beige, I just, I just went crazy. It took me about a day and a half to write it. And, um, and so I sent it off to book publishers around the world and no one wanted it. And secretly my PA sent it to Ikea, Ikea UK. And I was sitting in Starbucks one Saturday and I get a phone call from Peter from Ikea UK. And I thought it was a friend of mine putting on a Swedish accent. But he knew too much and so he said, listen, I absolutely love the book. He said, how much do you want for it? And, uh, and I, I said, I wouldn't have a clue, Peter. I said, have you got a ballpark figure? And he said, and I'll convert it to Canadian. He said, yeah, how does $80,000 sound? Well, after fainting and the barista <laughs> getting me back off the floor, I said to Peter, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll phone you back. And so I rang the source of power and authority in my life, my wife, and, uh, and she said, Dave, you've looked stupid so far. And she's thinking hot tubs, she's thinking 10 trips to the Caribbean, a trip to Alaska. She's thinking all kinds of things, including diamond rings. And she said, go for a hundred grand. And so I rang him back. I said, Peter, I said, I said, I'll do it for a hundred thousand pounds. And he said, Dave, he said, our budget only goes up to 80 grand. And I said, Pete, it'll be a huge sacrifice for me, but you've got yourself a deal. And so I am a distributor to IKEA UK, not of bedroom furniture, but of a concept uh, of a desire, of, 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 a, of a hatred for beige. And between then and now, I've had a second revelation that um, God hates Volvos uh, because they're just so ordinary. They're just so bland. And uh, I'm sure if Proverbs was to be rewritten, you know, the big hit bit in it that says seven things I hate, eight things I detest. I'm sure there'd be a ninth thing there that, that I I detest people that drive beige Volvos. Like nobody should ever be seen driving a beige Volvo. You know, uh, one of my uh, favorite films is called Bruce Almighty and in it, uh, Bruce, Jim Carrey gets the powers of God for a week or so. And uh, he's able to fall in love. He's able to lasso the moon, draw it closer for a romantic moment uh, between him and Jennifer Aniston. And, but it all went, it all went belly up and eventually got run over by a truck. And he goes to heaven. Guess who's in heaven? Of all people, Morgan Freeman. And Morgan's God and Bruce had the powers of God, but it's just Bruce, right? Bruce unalmighty. And, uh, and what, Morgan, what God said to Bruce was that, because he used to be, you know, a small town reporter and he he wanted to be more important. So, you know, he then became the anchor man, and that's when life got crazy. And what God said to him is, hey, everybody's got a divine spark within them. And yours, Bruce, is to bring fun and laughter to the world around about you. And it was as if the penny dropped that he realized that this was a part of, of His created purpose. And I want to say to everyone one of you at See Through Hepburn Heights that before God saved you, He created you. And your Christian life didn't exactly begin at salvation. Your Christian life began at creation. And if I'm going to talk about that, then I need to say to each one of you that there ought to be the DNA of heaven splattered Along the pathway and the journey of life that you took Even in your most evil days There should still be some DNA from heaven In your life pre-salvation To prove to you that the plans of God began at creation And then they were substantiated, cleaned, released, freed, restored At salvation (laughs) Created you way, way back. Well, it is in my life, but for you, maybe it's just some time back, he created generally four personality types. He created cholerics, he created melancholics, he created sanguines, and he created phlegmatics. Let me just describe them to you and describe what actually happens at Salvation. That with cholerics, they're the line spirited people. If they had a catchphrase, it would be let's do it now. If they were a car, there'd be a racing green Porsche. And you know, um, a lot of people who are cholerics are bossy but it's part of the gift that they've got they love to round people up love to love to to create groups of people love love to encourage people and you know often life's pretty good they they're driving around in their racing green porsche and life's good they've got a lot of people that admire them they they ri- rise up as good leaders in primary school, in junior school, and then in secondary school. But often something happens that underneath every gift is a default setting. For every person who's choleric, there's a default setting of being, let me say, a control freak. And it's often that control freakery that 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 causes people that were meant to be in a relationship with you for life to suddenly shear off. And that's happened to some of you. And it's as if the windscreen has suddenly been cracked. And you know, that business you started with a partner that doesn't wanna work with you anymore, suddenly the tires get slashed. And you know, a lot of choleric[s] end up meeting a Christian. And the Christian says, do you know about Jesus Christ? He is in control so much so you don't need to be in control. And, and they encourage you to park up at the cross. And so you park up at the cross and you say the sinner's prayer, Lord, I give him a heart. Forgive me for my uh, rough ways. Forgive me for my sinfulness and, and come and be my Lord and be my leader. And a sense of peace comes over you and a sense of cleanness and a sense of forgiveness because God throws your sins as far as the east is from the west and things are going well up to that stage, it's just that you drove in in a racing green Porsche, but you drove out in a brown Hyundai. Hmm. Uh, no wonder life isn't working out quite how you anticipated because you're in the wrong car. And I don't blame some people, you know, for backsliding because, because life's meant to be exciting. It's, it's meant to be be full of energy, but when you wind down the window and find you're driving a brown Hyundai, that it's a slightly different you than than the you that you were born into. And the only remedy for that is for you to drive back to the cross, to pick up your racing green Porsche. Some of us are born melancholic and your catchphrase isn't "Let's uh, let's do it now, it's let's do it right. And because I'm A bit of both. My catchphrase is "Let's do it right now," (laughs) and my and those around me know exactly what I'm saying by that. And uh, and you know, if you're melancholic, you're you're. If you're an animal, you'd be an owl. If you're a car, you'd be a silver Mercedes and uh and you know the silver mercedes is going well you you you're a strategist um the cleric says hey let's let's get to the new level you're saying well how do we do that you're a step maker you're quite meticulous Yet underneath uh, that the default setting um underneath all of that is you're a perfectionist and perfectionists are very difficult. Uncontrolled perfectionists are difficult to live with um, because they become judgmental and become very critical. And for some of you who are watching right now, that's what's happened to you, that a relationship again that was meant to last a lifetime just only lasted a few months because of the critical spirit that you picked up. But you're critical of yourself as well. It's not just knives for other people, it's knives for yourself as well. And all of a sudden the, the bonnet flies off and and you still keep on going and and then you get a reputation of being the ice queen and uh and nobody really wants to know you so you get marginalized and isolated you say you're an introvert yet you and so you you're you're pushed into a, into a corner and the wing mirrors fall off and and the panels on the outside of the car are bashed in and then you met a christian who told you about Jesus Christ. So you park parking at the cross uh, in, in your silver Mercedes that's totally wrecked and you get a brand new heart. It's a new engine and you get a brand new, God forgives you as far as the East is from the West and, and, and he replaces perfectionism for excellence. He, excellence is doing the best with what you've got, with who you are. perfectionism's never reached, it just, it curses the person who holds it. And it's a modern day disease, modern day societal disease. And everything's cool, right? The peace of God comes, you realise that God's expectations are are less than your own expectations because of the grace of God. But here's the problem, you drove in in a silver Mercedes, you drove out in a Daewoo, well, well, I don't think anybody's called to drive a Daewoo on planet Earth today. And I just think that's your problem in that, in that you were born in a different vehicle than the one you're in now. And the only remedy for that is for you to trottle back to the cross, dig around and find your silver Mercedes. You're in the wrong car. You wind down the wind, You think, what am I doing in a Daewoo? You weren't born. God doesn't create Daewoo's. He creates silver Mercedes. And it's waiting for you at the cross. Now, if you're a more sanguine uh, personality, your catchphrase isn't let's do it now or let's do it right. It's let's have fun doing it because you're a party person. And uh, and when if you had your choice of what car to buy, know what car you'd buy, you'd buy a red Mini with a Union Jack on the roof because they just look so much fun, you know. And uh, everyone's getting the Fiat 500 because it's cheaper, right? But if you had a little bit more money, you, you'd get the Mini with the Union Jack on the roof. And um, and. You know, life's great, having a lot of fun. Uh, you, you're popular. Uh, you love people. People love you. And, and it's a God-given gift to connect people to people, people to leaders, connect people to God. It's just a great, it's a great gift. If You can't just build a building with bricks. You have to build it with cement and bricks, and you're the cement. And yet the underside is, let me think, irresponsibility. And, uh, and, you know, I think you're more prone to addiction than other personality types because, because you know, you're a boundaryless person and, and it comes with the gift, but it's the underside of the gift. And so you're driving along in your red meeting with Union Jack on the roof, and, and someone offers you some marijuana, but pr- within three months, you're on cocaine. And, and now you're addicted and and now you know just just all, all of a sudden the whole roof of your car comes off and and things aren't right anymore you begin to steal from your parents from your grandparents in order to to maintain the habit and because of your irresponsibility relationships again that was meant to last a lifetime only lasted a few months until you ripped them off instead of going out with one person at a time like most of the world does. You decided to go out with three people at the same time until they met each other in the bathroom at the club. And then you were going out with nobody for a long time. And that feeling of rejection killed you. All the air left the tires, the steering wheel wouldn't work anymore. Rejection killed you until you met up with a Christian. They told you about Jesus Christ, that God loves you unconditionally, that He's a father, that He's a friend, He's, a, he's someone that sticks closer than a brother. And so you get your sins forgiven. And you get a brand new heart. Everything's cool. You drove in though in a red mini with a unijack on the roof and you drove out in a beige Volvo. They should never have been invented. And no wonder you hate life. No wonder you hate yourself. Because you shouldn't be driving around in a beige Volvo. When the magic of who you are, the pizzazz of who you are is left at the cross. You should never have left it at the cross. But because God's not just the God of second chances, he's the God of a million chances, he's providing a pathway and the Holy Spirit will guide you back to the cross in order to get your voom back. Here's the last personality type and it's called phlegmatic. And if you were, uh, if you were a, 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 an animal, you'd be a beaver, like consistent, faithful, uh, always there, maybe a little bit late because you don't own a watch and you don't. Uh, your battery is always running out on your phone, but you're incredibly faithful. If you're a car, you wouldn't be a car, you'd be a four-wheel drive to take everybody else's junk that all the cholerics said, hey, we're not going to take it, you take it. Uh, all the melancholics thought, hey, why should I carry uh, picnic sandwiches when life's too serious for sandwiches? So you end up with all the sandwiches. And life's good, you know, you, you, you play your part. Uh, your catchphrase isn't let's do it now or let's do it right or let's have fun doing it. Your catchphrase is let me help you do it. You're a real helper. But the underside of a helper is subservience. We become a doormat. And the moment you become a doormat, then you're susceptible to other people's domination of you. So you, you find that you're in relationships that... that you know were meant to last a long time, but you- you helped create a monster. You brought out the monster because of your subservience. there's nothing wrong with submission from time to time, but subservience you become a slave to fear, and you know all of a sudden the bonnet comes off, the wheels are slashed the the bumper bars are off the everything collapses in your car because you become a slave to your own fear and a slave to your weakness. You find it hard to say no. And because you're a yes person, because part of the gift is to say yes, no matter how difficult, you, you, you lose the ability to say no. You have a smash. And then a Christian comes along, tells you about how brilliant God is in empowering you. He wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit. He wants you to be a son and a daughter, not a slave, not a servant. And all of a sudden life feels, life feels good. And you, so you know where I'm about to go now. You drove in, in a Range Rover four-wheel drive. You didn't even drive out from the cross. You went out of the cross on a bicycle. No wonder life's difficult because you shouldn't be on a bike. What can you carry on a bike? You can't even do your gift on a bike. You know, and, and why are you on a bike? you probably think, who am I? What am I doing? That's because you weren't called to ride a bike. You're called to ride a Range Rover, a four-wheel drive. And so I want to encourage you to go back to the cross and you'll find your four-wheel drive is still back there. Hepburn Heights and everyone watching in WA and anyone else watching across the oceans and across the world, this is what I did. A number of years ago, I went back to the cross. I was deeply unhappy trying to put on Saul's armour, trying to be somebody that I wasn't called to be. And I wanted to reconnect the new me back to the natural me, not the unnatural me. And so I went back to the cross and I decided to forage around at the base of the cross. And at the base of the cross is like an oil slick because that's where your sins are. All the sins of the world at the foot of the cross. So there's shopping trolleys of rebellion. There's, There's car tires of pride. There's there's oil of, of of independence everywhere, and I started to dig under permission from the Lord Jesus Christ, feeling He was saying, "Come on, Dave, I want you to find your mojo." And so i digging away, and you know this. Each one of us have multitude mixtures of the four personality types that I said, and I thought, "What is that? That looks like a Union Jack." And God said, Ned, "That is that is yep, that's your car." And so I had to get the Holy Spirit over to be uh, the claw, to try and claw. That's another reference to a Jim Carrey movie, (laughs) to try and claw that car back out. And it slid out because it was there held by Jesus Christ for that moment. And then the Holy Spirit said, back up the beige Volvo, Dave, and pop the bonnet because inside the bonnet was a beautiful V8 engine. He exchanges an old, broken, decrepit heart for a brand new heart that's sparkling on eight cylinders. And you can be have a great heart, but be driving the wrong vehicle. And so he helped me unbolt it, put it in the mini with the Union Jack on the roof, bolt it down, but the engine's too big. You know, I had to hold, we had to get some bungee cords to hold the bonnet down because the engine's too big. The power of God's unnatural for every person. It, it, it doesn't fit you in it's too big for you. That's why a lot of Christians deny the power of God. Think, how could God live within us? But He does. And he, for every one of you right now, you have a new heart. You've got a new heart. Well, if you haven't, I'm going to pray a prayer at the end. But You've got a new heart. And what God wants to do is He wants to put, set that new heart in the you that God created. And once you mix Natural you with the new you. I want to say, Welcome to the greatest days of your life. People often say, Dave, were you born this way? And yes, I was, but I lost it. Firstly, under the spirit of fear, what other people would think about me, and secondly, under the spirit of religion, thinking that maybe God didn't really like the person that God created in the first place. I've been set free by Christ and He's here right now in the form of the Holy Spirit to set you free right now. Some of you, God's going to give you another chance at life because you know that life's a little too dull for your liking and it's not exactly the person that God created you to be. So permission right now to follow the pathway of the Holy Spirit back to the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ and For some of you, it might be an absolute revolutionary experience. For others, it might be an evolutionary experience. But whatever, you're coming back onto the right track. God doesn't want you and He never gave you the spirit of fear. He gave you the spirit of love. He gave you the spirit of power and a sound mind. And God's not the inventor of religion. God hates religion and God loves uniqueness. His, you know, people say, I'm not weird. I'm a special edition. In Christ, there's no such thing in the natural you, as weirdness, because it's just it's just that it, every one of us is a one-off, and the closer you get to who you are, the more you realize that you're one-off. And so, find your weirdness, find find your uniqueness, find what is it? What are the hallmarks of genius that were living in you from the moment you were born to the moment you were saved? And God's here to knock off the the discords. He's here to to take out the underside and in your weakness to to bring strength where you're weak but it all becomes a foundation and support for the natural you and the new you and when you join the two together you get the authentic you that becomes the future you and the next you and the next you is the next big thing.